I'm so excited about being here. I, man, listen, when Pastor, when Pastor Greg called me and said, man, I want you to come preach. And I said, Lord, well, you need to get a bigger pulpit because I want to kick a board off a pulpit this time. And so you see what he got me. And so I'm in trouble with that. I, I don't want to take long. I will be very brief. But uh, I want to dive right into the scripture. And I want to read a passage that I'm going to be preaching on. Now listen to it. It is found in the book, in the gospel of Matthew. A very familiar uh, story, and, and, and it's found in Matthew chapter 14, uh, beginning with verse 22. And I want to tell you, I'm not going to have you here long, so you show sure enough better say amen so I can get you out of here. Is that good? Amen. amen. And so on, in chapter, in verse 22 of Matthew chapter 14, this is how it reads. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffered it by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Let alone save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? But when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed in uh, the Gesserit. Now, 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 we've heard this story over and over and over, and I've read this story over and over and over. And, and, and you know what? I went to a, a, an African-American church, and, 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 and I tried to help you last time understand the African-American culture because I really like it. But the preacher in the African-American culture, boy, they could hoop this sermon. Amen. Do you all remember what hooping is? Let me tell you what hooping is. Now, hooping is when a pastor or a preacher in the African-American context, he'll start out and he'll say, God is good. Just real slow and, and, and I mean, intentional. And, but by the middle of the sermon, he say, now God, huh, he came in and God, he put the world together and God, he knew exactly. So he speeds up during the sermon. And so by the end of the sermon, you know, he, he, he hits a climax where he's at the pinnacle of the sermon and he'll start singing the sermon. He'll say, Peter walked, he walked on the water, he went down, Way, way down. Hey, way down. So that's whooping. That's whooping. <laughs> You've heard that before, haven't you? I've heard 
some of the best preachers hoop this sermon. But one, often when they preached this sermon, they would focus on Peter going down. And so one day, Greg challenged me to, to, to preach this sermon. And so as he, as pastor started to challenge me to preach this sermon, I went in and I had to take a critical analysis because, you know, I don't, you know, first of all, I don't preach like that. If you expected me to hoop today, you're in trouble because I don't hoop. And so, but, but as I begin to look at it, I looked at it the way God reveals it to me because I'm a visual learner. And as I looked at it, I said, wait a minute. We often talk about how Peter went down, but the reality is, is that Peter did walk. Oh, come on, somebody. You should amen me right there. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't get this twisted. There are only two people in recorded history that's ever known to walk on water. There was Jesus and there was Peter. They are the only two people ever to be recorded in any type of religious history to walk on water. No, don't you ever even say Moses. God parted the water for Moses, but Jeter and Peter walked. And so we must conclude that even though we talk about Peter going down, the reality is, is that Peter did walk. Amen. Amen. And so, and so I want to tell you, because I, I want to get through this sermon real quick today, because some of my brothers have to leave early. And so I'm going to hurry up and get them out of here. And so, so the reality reality is now I'm, I'm a visual learner. I have to see the picture. You know, some people can read the passage and they can come up with all these theological points and perspectives. I can't. I got to see it. And so let me tell you how I see this thing happening. So can you imagine Jesus telling the disciples, okay, now listen, I want you to go out, get in the boat. Now, these guys know water. They know fish. They know water because they're fishermen. They get into the boat. And so he's got all 12 of them lying around in the boat. Boat's rather big. And so as they get out of the, get out in the boat, and then they sell out. They don't see Jesus anymore. Why? Because Jesus is in the mountain. He's praying. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? As they're floating in the boat, the wind began to pick up. And they and now they're fishermen. They know what happens when the wind picks up. And suddenly the boat is going back and forth and back and forth because the waves were against them. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden, as they're going out, they're thinking they're getting ready to die. And then suddenly, guess what? They see something out in the water. Now, what in the world? is that? And they look out and that's a man, but Peter recognized him. There's somebody out there guys, they're in the water. Now they know people don't walk on water, but he's out there. And so so suddenly he said, "Ah, it's a ghost. They're screaming out, scared to death. And so suddenly Peter said, wait a minute, that's Jesus. Wait a minute, did y'all realize that's Jesus in the water? So Peter looks at and then the boat's going back and forth. And Peter said, hey Jesus, Jesus, can I come? Jesus looks at him and Jesus says, come. Peter gets up and he's like, okay now, Judas, get your foot out the way. Matthews, move out the way. I'm trying to get somewhere. Okay, Mark, get out the way. James, John, and so he pushes him out the way and then and he gets to the edge of the boat and finally he comes to the most important part. Do you see it? You know what the most important part? Here he comes, here he comes. You see, the most important part is not his decision to get out. He gets up to the edge of the boat, and here he goes. So I can see Peter. Can you see it? Peter said, okay. Now, I know water. I'm a fisherman. What go in, go under. What go in, goes down. So Peter, okay, here he comes. And so Peter said, here I come. Jesus is standing out there. You know, he's sitting there. Come. 
And so he, he said, okay, see, here's the point. Here it is. See, the issue is not when he put his foot up. That's not the most important part. All of a sudden, Peter looks and he said, okay, guys, ready? One, two, three. Ah! It's the transition of weight. See, it's one thing to talk about getting out of the boat. It's another thing to actually put your foot in water, transition your weight until you're no longer in the boat. And so here you have Peter, he's, at, he's standing in the water, but the word does not say he stood in the water. That's not what the word says. Peter's out in this water, the wind's blowing, hair's blowing, flying everywhere. And so Peter, he said, he said wow, I didn't go on this. Here he comes. Huh. The word doesn't say he stepped in the water. That's not what the word says. Peter. Huh. 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 And he gained too much confidence. Hey. And went right up on him. <laughs> but the reality is, is that Peter did walk. And out of all of the people, just two in history, ever to walk on water. Hey, you know what? But here's the tragedy. There's a tragedy. Did you see the tragedy in the story? I tried to paint the picture. What's the biggest tragedy in this? There is a tragedy in the story. There is. The tragedy is in the boat. There are 11 guys. Any of them could have walked on water. Any of them could have said, Jesus, I want to come. Any of the 11 could have gotten out at any time and said, wow, look what Peter did. I want to go too. Any of the guys could have gotten out and Jesus would have invited them to come. But guess where they all stayed? They all stayed right slap dab in the middle of the boat. Now the boat's often in the story. It's a tragedy. You know why the boat's a tragedy? Because it, it means safety. We'd rather stay where it's safe. The boat means that, that I'm content. And so that they want to, I'm comfortable and I don't want to take risk and I don't want to really, I don't want to really get out to where all of the roughage is. And I don't, I want to stay right here where it's safe. And, and, and they stayed in this boat. And I want to tell you, that's what most people in the church are. They're sitting in the boat. And what my invitation to you today is to say, it's time for you to get out the boat. There are some of you, you started at this church a long time ago and you were selling yourself out for Jesus. And guess what you found yourself lately? You're sitting right in the middle of a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some of you, you used to serve and you used to make such an impact in the kingdom of God. Guess where you are? You're sitting slop dub in the middle of the boat. There are some of you who used to sacrifice in giving and sacrifice your finances. But guess what? You pulled back. Why? Because you're sitting in the middle of the boat. And so what I want to come by to tell you is it is time for you to get out of the boat. <laughs> That's right. It is time to get out of the boat. Let me tell you why the boat is so dangerous. You know, that's where most believers choose to live. If you go to most churches in this country, they go to, I want to go to church. I want to, I hope the pastor doesn't stay very long and I hope Ricky can hurry up and not preach too long so that I can go home and I can go to my little restaurant. I'm going to eat food with my friends, go see my children and my grandchildren. And I'm going to just go and kick my feet up and relax for the rest of the week. That's what most people are. That's not where Jesus is. 
See, if you look at the life of Jesus and the disciples, there were two places that they were. They were either afraid or amazed. I'm telling you, those are the only two places. I mean, look at the story. The disciples got up, and all of a sudden, ah, it's a ghost. They were afraid. But then on the, man, listen, it says they worshiped him. They were amazed. That's why, yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to determine whether or not you're sitting in the boat, when was the last time you felt afraid about something? When was the last time were you amazed by what Jesus did in your life? If you are not afraid or amazed, you have probably found yourself sitting right in the middle of the boat. <laughs> and so what I thought I'd do is I thought I'd give you just a few principles in the next 10 minutes. Can I have 10 more minutes? Oh, come on. Some of you didn't say amen. You know what that means? That means this is hurting and I'm glad it does. I want to tell you just how in the world do you get out the boat? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to give you just a few principles of how to get out the boat. It's a shame. Whenever I find people who are talking all the time, gossiping all the time, murmuring, pulling people down, negative all the time, they're just sitting in the boat. See, when you're out walking with Jesus, you're too afraid to be talking about anybody. You're too amazed about talking about anybody. So what you do is you just say, ah, yay, ah. But when you're sitting in the boat, look what Judah's doing. Look what Matthew's doing. You're just talking about everybody. And so let me tell you how to get out the boat. I think the first thing, if we're going to get out of the boat, boy, this is so deep. I don't know how, I don't even know if I should say this. Uh, I might have to do an offering for myself. This point is so good. If you're going, I'm just teasing. Come on, somebody like oh, holding your pocket. Oh, you ain't getting my money. I saw you. Come on. If you're gonna get out of the boat, listen. You often will have to leave somebody. When Peter got off the boat, there were guys in the boat, and Peter literally had to leave. Watch this. But when Peter left his friends, he was literally empowered to get closer to Jesus. That's so good. That's so good. That's good. That's good. The problem is, listen, if you have people in the boat and you're their friend, their objective is to keep you in the boat to be with them. That's what they're there for. They want to say, hey, listen, you know what? I don't know why you're getting out in that water, Peter. I don't know. Listen, you're a fisherman. You don't have how tough it is out in that water. And not only is it tough in that water, but look at all those big high waves. And Peter, and not only are there high waves, but Peter, there's also a lot of wind. And, Peter, and they come with every excuse to stay in the boat. And maybe what Jesus is saying to you today is that as much as you love your friends and much as you get along with your friends, sometimes you've got to move away from your friends if you're going to get closer to Jesus. That's so good, isn't it? Yes, you've got to leave people because people will always sabotage your spiritual growth and cause you to, to really stay away from Jesus. See, there's some of you, and it's a hard decision because you grew up with some of these people. You've been in this church a long time. You've been gossiping with them for a long time. You've been on their agenda for a long time. And now you've got to take courage. And they say, you know what? I need to get closer to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I'd rather be closer to Jesus than I am with my wife. You know why? Because when I'm closer to Jesus, I treat my wife better. 
See, I'd rather be closer than Jesus than anything in the world. And if you're going to get out the boat, you've got to determine that I've got to leave something. But when I leave something, I also gain something. When I leave people, I gain Jesus. And Jesus is the best thing in the world to have and to clutch and to hold on to. I've got to be able to leave and cleave to Jesus. Ah, isn't that good? Amen. Well, that's one thing. There's something else in here, too. I said that. I was thinking this. If you're going to get out of the boat, now this is so deep. Now, can I use my theological education on you? Yeah, 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 guys. Yeah, go on and use it on me. I said this. Listen, if you're going to leave that boat, and if you're going to get out of that boat, listen, you must have a theological suspension of that which is logical. That's good, wasn't it? Woo, that was hot. You must have a theological suspension of that which is logical. In other words, when you get out of the boat, it's probably not going to make sense to a whole lot of people. Therefore, you must theologically, everything you've been trained and taught, you must suspend it. You must get rid of it. Everything that seems logical, you've got to move away for it. And you say, God, I am going to lose. I'm not going to try to make sense of what I'm trying to do. I'm just going to step out the boat and I'm going to do it. Because when you step out of the boat, it's not going to always make sense. Can you imagine how much sense it made it was getting in the boat when they're with their friends for Peter to get out? I can just see it now. Judas, who's robbing the kitty. Judas, who betrayed Jesus. Or uh, Judas. Peter, that just don't make sense. I don't know why you're trying to get in that water. You're going to drown. You're going under. You're going down, 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 down. Can you imagine doubting Thomas? Thomas doubted everything. Man, that fool is crazy. You let him drown himself. I am not going to drown myself. I'm going to stay clinging to this boat because that's why we made the boat. We know what the boat is all about. And so I'm going to stay in the boat so that I don't have to get out because he's going to be dead in a minute and I'm going to still be alive. <laughs> Didn't make sense. You see, when you get out of the boat, I hate to tell you most of the time it just doesn't make sense. Your spouse is not going to understand it. Why are you giving more? Why are you trusting God? Why are you serving more? It's not going to make sense. The poor, the oppressed, why are you hanging out with them? It's not going to make sense. No. But guess what happens when you get out of the boat? When you get out of the boat, you get closer to Jesus. You know what? One of the greatest things that I I enjoy, my number one spiritual gift is giving. I love giving stuff away. Probably that's why I call a pastor because that's my spiritual gift. And I know most of the people in the church are stingy. I mean, you are tight as 88 is to 89. (laughs) No, really, you're stingy. It's okay. Just acknowledge it and move on. But, but, But most people are stingy. But that's why, listen, but, but, but in order to do that, you're all of a sudden saying, God, I'm going to trust you anew. I'm going to trust you afresh with my money. There's some people who say, oh, I tithe. I said, really, you tithe, huh? I said, well, do you, do you tithe? Uh, did you give God a raise? They gave you a raise this year. They, uh-uh. When was the last time you gave God a raise? Oh, it's been a long time. <laughs> really? See, 
listen, I, I know, Pastor, you don't call me here to talk about this, but you know what? Let me tell you, my money is something I'm so free with. I, I sat down. I got five children. I sat them down, and we had a conversation. I said, sir, we're going to have a conversation about my money because most of you all think I'm rich, and uh, I'm not rich, but I got a little bit, and so I want to tell you what's going to happen to it. And my kids were like, oh, yeah, so they were all honed in on what I'm going to do with my money. I said, I plan on being broke when I die. And they said, what? I said, y'all ain't getting a dime. I have paid for your college. I've got pastors in my family. I've got doctors in my family. My daughter, you know, she's applying to medical school. My son is in computers. My son runs a Kia factory. And my son, Brandon, he's a social worker in a school. His wife is a, is a PE teacher. They're all very successful. And I told him, I said, you know, my goal is not to tithe 10%. Because giving to God is not about no percentage. It's all about trust. God, how much do I trust you? I said, when I die, I want to be, I want to give at least 50% of everything comes in back to God. I want to give, I want to be so broke. Listen, with my retirement, I'm going to give it away. Everything, my savings, I'm giving it away. My full wank, I'm giving it away. You know why? Because I don't want to be safe. God never created us to stay in the boat and be safe. I want to give everything away. Because you know what happens when you give it all away? Then I can trust Jesus. I can trust his word. I can trust whether or not he will provide for me. And he has provided for me. I can take that to the bank. I can stand up here with dignity and pride and tell you, listen, you can't beat God given no matter how you try. But you can't beat God given if you're sitting in the middle of the boat. I just want to be safe and comfortable. You can't do it. And that's why you must have a theological suspension of that which is logical. Listen, my time is almost up, but I got something else I want to tell you. Can I tell you? Here's a, amen. The bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. The reason why people stay in the boat is they never go to the next level of faith. Ah, that's so good, isn't it? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. See, I don't, I'm, and your pastor agrees with me. I had to make sure he agreed with this, but I don't think we all have the same, same amount of faith. We always talk about faith. We talk about faith healers, faith preachers. I don't believe we all have the same amount of faith. I think the Bible clearly articulates we all have different levels of faith. And so there are some people here, they've been going to this church since they were in youth group. They're now 70 years old and they're still in faith 101. Ah, you missed that, didn't you? In other words, their faith never grew. They go in and they just never trust God. They grew up all their life in the church. And they never really go to another level in faith. See, faith 101 is this. Faith 101 is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the very, that's the beginning of faith. It's Romans 10 where it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's faith 101. I don't care who you are. You can be a drug dealer, a pro- you can be a prostitute, you can be, you can be sedated living in the suburbs, you can be a farmer. I don't care who you are. If you don't know Jesus today, that's all you have to do is just run and dive in and faith 101 will catch you. That's the beginning faith. But I do believe Peter came to a different place in his life. You see, Peter encountered faith 202. You see, faith 202 says it's not enough just to believe in Jesus. It's time for me to get out the boat. And Peter, that is two different types of faith. 
that I refuse to sit in the boat for the rest of my life, coming to church, being a real good Christian, and living in a nice Christian neighborhood, and sending my kids to nice Christian schools, and making sure I drive a Christian car, I can eat the Christian chicken, Chick-fil-A, I can do everything Christian. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) It is Christian chicken, though. But anyway, (laughs) bad preacher. But you see, that's comfortable. And what God says is sometimes it's time for you to take a risk. Get out of the boat. I don't care how long you've been walking with Jesus. You can, listen, you cannot stay in the same place. At some point, you've got to say, we've got to trust God more. And then I believe that there's faith, you know, a faith uh, 303. I think that's a whole total different level. My Aunt Bessie was at Freight 303. Aunt Bessie just trusted God. She was broke, busted, and disgusted. But every time she'd have that television on, looking at these TV preachers, sending money to them. And, and I was like, hey, Bessie, don't be sending your money to TV preachers. You can get that to me. And she said, no, I'm going to sow my seed of faith. She was always trusting in God. You know, it's kind of like James Cleveland. I've learned to trust in God. I learned to trust uh, in him. And so she was always going, taking that next level. How can I trust God? How can I give more? How can I serve more. Aunt Bessie was always moving in faith 303. And then I think there's a final level. I've never gotten there. I wish I could. I tried to one day, but I didn't make it. And it's called faith 404. Let me tell you what faith 404. Faith 404 says if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain to be moved and that mountain has to move and obey you. So I went to Israel one time, and I said, God, I'm feeling pretty good spiritually. I just finished seminary. I had studied Greek, Hebrew. I did all the right reading and all the right studying. And we went up to this mountain called Masada. Masada was one of the largest mountains over there. And I went and I buttoned up my coat, and I said, Mountain Masada, you have been evicted. It is time for you to move. And I walked up to this mountain, and I said, okay, Jesus, you said if I have the faith the size of a mustard seed, I can speak to the mountain, and it'd be moved. And I said, I said, Masada, get out of the way. And it didn't go anywhere. So I said, okay, I guess I hadn't arrived yet. But that's what is Jesus. That's faithful for. We must grow in our faith. When was the last time you did anything to grow in your faith? When was the last time you said, God, maybe I can go on a missions trip and grow in my faith? When was the last time you said, God, I'm going to go serve the homeless and grow in my faith? When was the last time you said, God, I'm going to give like I've never given before so that I can grow in my faith? Most people never go there, and they never get there because they want to stay in faith 101. And let me just tell you, as I take my seat, I just have a couple of minutes left, and I'm going to come sit down. The the last thing I want to tell you is this here. That's the beauty of getting out the boat. The beauty of getting out the boat is what? We get closer to Jesus. That's the beauty. See, the issue is not that Peter walked on water. Really, the issue is that Peter got close to Jesus. And we're only successful. And you know, let me tell you, it's something about being close to Jesus. Here, check it out. Imagine what would have happened if the boat would have capsized. If the boat would have flipped, all those disciples would have started swimming for their lives. They would have been all over the water, one over here, one over there, one over there. And the reality is, one of them, or many of them may have drowned. Now, notice, Jesus could have said, okay, be still just as he did, and the water stopped. But there was a chance of them drowning. But when Peter started sinking, guess what Jesus did? He reached out and caught him by the hand and he pulled him up. You know why? Because Peter was closer to Jesus. See, the boat was much farther than Jesus. He was farther from Jesus. 
But because Peter was willing to take the risk and get out of the boat, he was so much closer to Jesus. And Jesus, it says that when he started to sing, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. And Jesus pulled him up. And if you want to live a life in the boat, okay, can't do anything about it. But I want to tell you, if you really want an exciting and awesome spiritual journey, one of being afraid but yet amazed, I want to tell you, it's you getting out of the boat. This morning, I want to ask you just real briefly. I think this morning, God is calling you to get out of the boat, to take another level in faith, to say, God, it doesn't have to make sense. God, I've got to leave some people. He's calling us to do that. And so I'm going to do a very brief altar call, and I'm, and I'm going to put them all together. If you're here this morning, and you never had a relationship with Jesus, you never started, you never prayed with anybody to put your trust in Jesus, I want you to come up to this altar But I also want to come, those who said, you know, I've kind of fallen back. I've kind of fallen back, Lord. And I know I'm not where I need to be spiritually. I'm going to also invite you to the altar. And then finally, those who say, I've been coming to church. But I know I'm sitting in the middle of the boat. I want to suggest this to you. It's time for you to get out. And what God called me here for, he didn't call me here to preach. He called me here to pray for you. I want to pray. And if either one of those apply to you, I want you to join me here at this altar this morning. If you're putting your trust in Jesus, if you say, God, it's time for me to get my spiritual journey back on track, or if you're saying, God, it's time for me to get out of the boat right now, and I don't want you to look around and see who comes first. I want you to stand up on your feet if you know this applies, and I'm going to invite you. Would you just come meet me here at this altar so that I can pray for you this morning? Just come on down, just wherever you are. Don't, just don't look at me like that. Thank you so much, brother. Come on, come on. If you're here, thank you, brother. Come on down. If you're here and you know one of those apply to you, and I don't know why, but I just know it applies to more than just two people in this room. I know that more than, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Would you just come up? Let me pray for you. That's why God called me here, to challenge you to get out of the boat, to challenge you to say, God, I need to get my spiritual life back on track, to challenge you. If you're here this morning, would you come and join me around this altar? I believe God is calling you, and I believe that God desires you to come so that I can pray. Thank you so much, man. Would you come forward? Would you come? You know what? This is what Jesus says. When you hear my voice, harden not your heart. That's what Jesus says. When you hear my voice, when I call you to do something, don't harden your heart. That I want you to respond to me. I want want your spiritual life to be in such a spiritual place that when you hear me calling, and if you know that's you, I want you to say, God, this is me, and I need to come, and I need to commit to say, God, it is time for me to do something in my spiritual journey. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you work for. I don't know what you care what your status. Thank you, brothers. Come on down. We're going to wait for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come, brothers. Come, 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 come. I love when men come. That is just exciting because God gave us this wonderful position of leadership. If you're here, don't just sit back and watch. Listen, it's time for you to get in on the action. You've watched. You've been in the boat long enough. If God is saying, come, would you just, would you take a chance. Come on, right now. We're going to wait for the guys to come down. Would you come a chance? Would you, would you take a chance? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Don't you let the enemy shut God's voice out in your, in your heart. Don't you allow the enemy to shut God's voice down. I believe there are people here today that know they should be at this altar. But your pride won't let you come. God says, when you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Would you come and say, Jesus, today is my, thank you, brothers. Come on down. Would you say that? Would you trust God? Would you trust him today? See, it's time out for just being religious in church. And it is time to say, God, it is time for me to take ownership of my spiritual journey. It is time for me to take ownership of my spiritual life. If you're here, you can join us right now. I want to pray. 
But I just, I know within my heart there are other people. I know there are other people who are saying, God, I don't want such and such to see me. Well, that's got to leave your friends. You got to get away from who's, is there another that would like to come? I want to pray for you. And my time is almost up and I just hate to close this door. And you walk out those doors and you're not responding to this altar. Would you come this morning? I'm giving you one more chance and I'm going to pray. Would you come? Say, God, I'm going to take a risk. Would you come? Would you come? Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Would you come? Just take a risk. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. Would you come? Would you step out of the boat? I know it takes risk. I know that it's, that, that, that it's challenging. But God has said, come. He said, the Holy Spirit says, come. And you got to admit, I have stayed in the word. I have not gotten out of the word that this is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Would you let him get through your heart? Would you let him get through your heart? Thank you so much. Come on, bro. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you. Would you let him get through your heart? When you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. It's time for you to get out the boat today. It's your day. Today is your day. Don't say, well, I'm going to do it in my heart. I didn't ask you to do it in your heart. I asked you to do it publicly. You are making a public statement that God today is the day I get out of the boat. Will you come? We're going to wait on that brother. Come on. Would you, would you do it? Just as he come, just say, God, it's my day. It's my day to take my spiritual journey to a whole new level. Would you come? The Holy Spirit says come. Jesus says come. Jesus said, don't miss this opportunity. This brother's coming through the door now. Would you, would, please don't miss this opportunity. Thank you so much, brother. We're going to wait for him. We're going to wait. Anybody will wait for him. Don't you think that's worth it? You see, the boat is the tragedy. And it's a tragedy to, get, to, to stay in there. That's a hard place to stay in. And what these people are saying is, we want to get closer to Jesus. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Would you, would you just lift your hands and raise them up to the front? I'm going to pray. Oh, Jesus. I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters around this altar. What courage it took. Father, what, what, they overcame every device of the enemy to keep them in their seats. And they're here saying, Jesus, we want to be closer to you. And so, Father, right now, I submit and commit each of my brothers and sisters to you, Jesus. I pray that, they will, that you will wrap them in the crevices of your arm and that you will hold them so closely and so tightly. Father, I pray that, that they will experience your love in a way that they've never experienced it before. And, Father, I pray that this is not just a sermon that they, they hear preached today, but every moment of their day, They will ask the question, how in the world do I get closer to Jesus? How do I get out of the boat? And so right now, Jesus, I submit and I commit them to you right now. I pray that you will blow a fresh wind of your Holy Spirit into their hearts, that you will do a thing in their lives like never before. And Father, I pray for this body. I pray, Father, because they do have a pastor who's out of the boat. And I just pray that, Father, they're not the ones who try to keep him in who try to keep him in a place that's safe, but they can trust you. And as they trust you, they can trust him. I pray that he's able to be out on the water like never before, to do new things, to lead more people to you, and for him to draw closer to you like never before. So we submit this church to you, Father, and we thank you for it. To you be honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you greet men? Find you another brother and hug him. Ladies, find another woman and grab her around the neck. Come on, find one real quick. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is a group you've got to greet 
Because I believe this is a group God's going to use to turn this church upside down. And they're going to make even you feel uncomfortable as they begin to love Jesus with all their heart. Thank you so much. God bless you and God keep you, my friend. <laughs>